Salutations! <laughs> and welcome to the 28th episode yeah. of the In The House podcast. The official podcast of Scouse's House Supporters Group for Louisville City Football Club. 28. 28 episodes. Did you think we would get to two, in two more episodes, we'll be at 30. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever think we would even get close to 30? No, I really assumed we'd be pulled off very long ago. Yeah. So I'm fine with where we're at. Yeah, I'm good. pleased. It's been a real pleasure. We're getting some nice response from the uh, from the peoples. So hello, peoples. Hi, peoples. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of riding a high right now after tonight's interview. Oh, man. Uh, I got We got to have a long conversation tonight with one of the nicest human beings that has ever existed. <laughs> just, uh, civility's not dead. It was, like, alarmingly nice. Yeah, just the friendliest human being that I've come into contact with, I'm not going to say ever, but, but close. But very, very nice Like, dude. you wanted to tell him your secret. Yeah, he was he was somebody that you wish was your best friend yeah. and had a walkie-talkie that you could just be like, hey man, you doing all right? And he, and he, and he could calm you down. Uh, we talked to Sean Francis tonight, Fight Club. Fight Club, man. The and, Fight Club. And Fight Club was, he was super genial. He was kind and generous. He was soft-spoken, but insightful. Yeah. Uh, I really, really had a nice time talking to Sean. I'm looking forward for everybody being able to listen to that tonight. Uh, We'll bring you that after our reviews and previews. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, in order to get to those reviews and previews Mm -hmm. in this extra special rivalry week on the the eve-eve of the Derby, the Dirty River Rivalry. God. I gotta bring in a partner. And I can only think of one person who's suited for that job. <laughs> in my in my heart of hearts, there's only one guy I would choose to pick out horses for me. <laughs> and uh, and that is my dude, Andy Frederick, everybody. Andy Thank you. Welcome him in. I don't hear you people clapping at home, and I feel like that's a uh, you're underselling the importance of Andy to this podcast. Yeah. You know it's a weird place? What Reykjavik. Well, and I was going to say, you're being welcomed in live tonight, live, from a pool hall in Reykjavik, Iceland. It's it's weird. They're also weirdly good at pool. Okay. And they're... All of them sharks? Yes, all of them. And their cues aren't wood cues that we're used to. They're, they it's don't some use an sort of, It's some sort of crystalline material. Okay. And I've heard they use narwhal horns. It's then they are well polished narwhal horns and okay. extra long because they're beautiful. I don't even feel bad losing. Okay, well, I, I'm glad that you were able to take some time out of losing your money to those uh, to those Icelanders. Yeah, and uh, here to talk some soccer. Yeah, man. Let's try to decide what we're going to talk about. Okay. And I think you've got to do that via a coin toss. Yep. Uh, I'm going to toss the coin tonight. You should. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm, I'm feeling lucky. So let's see what we're going to talk about. I honestly don't have a preference tonight. Usually I'm rooting for it to be a review so that we can get it out of the way and move forward. Tonight, I would just assume start talking about the, uh, the game that's coming up. I'd so rather be a review. Well, we're going to find out. We don't lie about these things. It is a review. There you go. It's a game review, which means that we have got to talk about 
Charles. An infuriating tie. The battery. So, uh, last Friday night, a game that Andy missed. Wow. Doing stuff. You had stuff going on. Yeah, a little, uh, little anniversary celebration. Yeah, man, I've got, I had to, I had to celebrate a year of being married to the most beautiful woman in the world. Well, I, I'd be embarrassed if that were true. My, <laughs> my wife might listen to this. Agree to disagree. So, uh, about that. Um, we have got, uh, we've got stuff to talk about about mm-hmm. that game. There's, there's some real things that occurred in it, and uh, some analysis that deserves to be. Provided, I will say that two two is never fun. No, uh, especially not when you own and control the game the way we did. Seventy percent possession. Seventy percent possession for the good guys. Uh, we we did everything we wanted to do on the field except score more goals than them. Yeah, which unfortunately is the only thing that really <laughs> matters. Like you could have ninety nine percent possession, and if they outscore you, it doesn't matter. And uh, it felt like that for portions of this game. Mm-hmm. Now, Charleston, give them credit. They employed the same tactic that most teams have been using against us for a while. Charleston generally is a team that does want to have the ball a little bit. Yeah. And we didn't let them. But that night, they sat back and let us come at them in wave after wave. And then uh, when they got the chance to break, they broke. And it worked. Uh, yeah. They, they got ahead of us, which... Frankly, I think is the real key for this Lou City team is to get out in front. Yeah. Uh, and that puts other teams on the defensive and allows us, or on the offensive and allows us to yeah. sort of settle into a shape. We're really good at pressure in a lead. Yeah. Yeah. Our press becomes more effective when they have to have the ball because they're yeah. trying to come at you. Yeah. But when they're willing to let us have the ball, then you know you got to pick the lock on a defense, and that can be tough. Yeah, uh, Charleston's a good defense, and uh, their keeper, uh, kudos to him. Cooper had a nice game and uh, really, really stopped a couple of shots that I thought we had real chances of getting into the net. Um, Cam comes up with the uh, forked lightning, of course, because Cam Lancaster scores goals. That's what he does. That's that's what his world is. It's uh, I don't know what else he likes to do with his time, but mostly it appears that scoring goals is what? his. I get a picture of Cam just sitting in a room, stared for at least an hour a day. Yeah, staring at a soccer ball. Yeah, imagining it going into the back of the yeah. Head. It's just like this ultimate form of like Zen meditation. Yeah. Well, and he got goals in two different ways tonight because Cameron Lancaster can score goals any way he wants. Uh, (laughs) He got (laughs) some nice service, one from Ilya and one from Niall, and uh, he cranked one home on the ground, he cranked one home with his head. He just scores goals, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in purple stuff, Mm -hmm. but uh, Cam stays on his great form and uh, pleased with that. Their goals came... uh, Steps All right, about. so we've got to we got to break this down a little bit because I am not anywhere close to ready to start pronouncing judgment on John Hackworth as a coach. I'm nowhere close. This is not a team he put together. This is not a team he got to set up in the off season. This right. is not a team he got to coach all year. You play the hand you're dealt, and as you'll hear Sean Francis say later in this show, he's doing a nice job of incorporating what he wants to do with what this team is used to doing. Yes, but. I I wasn't I'm still not crazy about us playing a four man back line. 
I'm still not crazy about us playing a four-man back line, in particular without James Sands in there, mm-hmm. because that sort of turns our four-man into a three-man, uh, because he's so defensive-minded as yeah. a uh, midfielder. And I'm sorry, but our wings want to score, they want to create, and that leaves whichever two center backs you've got back there on an island. Yeah. And they were on an island for good chunks of this game. Greg didn't have his best performance in the first half, allowing the two goals, both of which, I don't know, they weren't like gimme saves, but it felt like, you know, a keeper in great form maybe saves at least one of them. And uh, And you could say that, you know, we've said, and really when I say we, I say David O'Connell, just in case Greg ever listens to this, I can absolutely point the blame to David O'Connell. Sure, David. Um has said that it's kind of been a thing for Greg, it seems like, this season, especially when you compare it to last season. Yeah. Yeah, it's felt a little like he hasn't had his best year. Uh, I say that, and in the same breath, I'm going to go on and say he made two game-saving saves yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Uh, in the 80th-ish minute, when we were coming right down to the wire, he makes two great saves. One of which is up for goal of the week. Get out there and vote for it on uh, or save of the week. Get out there and vote for it on USL.com, Twitter, or Facebook because two game-saving saves. Uh, but you know, again, I'm not saying he should have saved either of the first two. I'm right. saying that a keeper in great form, they were saveable. So. Uh, I know that I, I take some criticism about not being critical enough. Yeah. Because I generally like these guys, and I like right. this team, no, and yeah. I want them to do well. This was not Greg's best performance, but I, I put more of it on the idea that uh, our center backs are being asked a lot. Yes. They're being asked to do a lot right now, and that's fine. It's just... It's a lot to put on their shoulders, and we've got three very capable center backs because that's really what Alexi, Sean, and Paco are. Yeah. And so you can't have all three of them on the field if you're going to play a four-man back line. Right. And both Kyle and Oscar want to push up the field. When they're on that back line, yeah. you're starting to lose something in the back of the in the back of the pack. It, it seems like if you're going to try the four-man back line. Maybe you try it, and again, you know, we we absolutely understand that it's a completely different coach than we had at the beginning of the season. But it seems like something you would try if you're going to give it a go at the beginning of the season. Yeah, they they definitely started out with three and transitioned to four before Coach O'Connor had left. Yeah, and uh, I still don't ever feel like we play our best soccer in that formation. I think that we have enough offense that we can survive right without having. The extra help from the wing, from the wing backs, which really, what you're really doing is you're trading out a number ten mm-hmm. for a center back. Because when we play a four man back line, you play the diamond up front, right? With two attacking midfielders. Usually, right now, it's mm-hmm. Nile and George, mm-hmm. with Magnus out, and somebody playing behind Cameron or Luke, and that has mostly been Ilya yeah. with Magnus out. So. That's mostly what we're seeing. And so you're saying that you want extra offense on the field by having Ilya or Magnus in one of those positions. Mm-hmm. I think Ownby might get some time in one of those positions if he were to uh, if he were to start being fully healthy. Instead of having that, 
you would have an extra man on the back line. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about trading out a kind of defensive player for a kind of offensive player. Mm-hmm. You're talking about taking one of your three pillars on your back line yeah. and putting in one of your three most attacking-minded players. And we can score without that number 10 is the way I feel, without that guy behind the striker setting up service. Mm-hmm. Because we get so much from Paolo and Speedy pushing up the field, and because our wings overlap so well, and because our attacking midfielders all have the chops to either cut in or play to the corners and do some crossing. So in my opinion, we've got enough that you don't have to have that playmaker in the number 10 hole. I'd rather have a little extra defense on the back line with the extra center back. All that being said, I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know. We may be best off playing four at the back and uh, trying to, especially against some of these teams like Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and Charleston and to a lesser extent, uh, you know, any of the more defensive-minded teams who want to sit back and make us come to them. If you're playing New York, four at the back works great. That's how you score six goals. If you're playing Richmond, four at the back works great. That's how you score six goals. Richmond sucks. Mm-hmm. And New York wants to be in a track meet. And yeah. so you're fine giving up a little extra defense for a little extra offense. When it comes to playoff time, I think that's one of the reasons we were so successful last year in the playoffs was the three-man back line. Tarek Morad, I'm not sure, is better than Alexi Swahi. Mm-hmm. I, I think you put Alexi in there and you feel really good about a three-man back line. Yeah. And it's not like Pat McMahon is bad. Pat is a perfectly serviceable player on the back line. I definitely don't want him out there in a four-man back line. Right. That's just the way it is. We did that again in this game, and we got beat on some counters. We got yeah. beat to the byline, and that's how they got their goals. That was awfully technical. I kind of want to I kind of want to back out of that and talk about something not technical at all. Okay. Kyle Smith got kicked in the damn yeah. face. Yeah. Kicked in the face in the 6th minute. Right in front of the referee. So here's, here's kicked in the face. Here's my question. You're what? I guess I'm just confused. If you're gonna suspend somebody for three games, as you would for a red card, and so you're you're uh, you're burying the lead here. Sorry. We uh, Guerra, their player, yeah, who kicked Kyle Smith in the face, did in fact get disciplined from the league office. He's being suspended for three games of USL play. Andy, now your point. He was not red carded during the game. No. Despite it occurring basically right in front of both the referee and the side judge. Did he he get a yellow card? He got yellow carded, yes. He got cautioned. Caution for kicking somebody in the face. And even the caution, if I'm, I mean, maybe, we're not hearing what's being said out on the field from Scouse's house in this instance. But, uh. Maybe, you know, he was always going to card him and it was just, you know, trying to get things separated and then he managed it. From where we sat, it looked like it was sort of a reluctant yellow card. It looked like it was like, well, I guess if this guy's going to stay down clutching his face, face, I better give this guy a yellow. I I don't know how nobody saw it clean enough to be able to give it a red. Now, all that being said, Duncan McRae who is writing amazing game reviews on the Cooper's website right now. If you aren't reading his game reviews, they are 
poetic. Mm -hmm. They are interesting. They are well thought out and well researched. Duncan, I love you and you are great at these. Keep doing them. I love reading them. All that being said, Duncan is very firmly of the opinion that it was not an, a straight red. Really? Yes. Duncan has experienced refereeing and often has extra pity for the refs. I disagree with him in this instance. So what is his reasoning? Well, he's saying that the ball was still near enough to the situation that the guy was trying to kick the ball in frustration, probably out of play. There had been some fouls going back and forth between the two players, and that it didn't look like it was malicious to him, even in the replays. I disagree. I've seen the replays. It looks to me like he knew the ball was there and that he could probably get away with it because the ball was in the vicinity. And he kicks Kyle in the face. There's no reason to pull your foot up that high, no matter what you're trying to do. Right. To me, that's a straight red every time. I respect the opinion of other people who think differently. Duncan is a great soccer mind in our area, and uh, I don't begrudge him feeling differently. But to me, that's a straight red every time. I'm sorry. You kicked a guy in the face. There was It wasn't during active play. Kyle wasn't leaning over or bending right. down. He just kicked the guy in the face. That's a straight red. You should be gone. It wasn't. He didn't have to leave the game. And then Guerra went on to have the assist on both goals. That's painful. That's painful. Yeah. Knowing a guy probably shouldn't have been playing, their top goal scorer, and then the guy who directly assisted on both of the goals that were scored against us, knowing he shouldn't have been in the game at that time, that's painful. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. So annoying. Yeah. Only made one substitution in this game, again. Uh, we asked, we asked Coach Hack so in the post-game press conference about one substitution and what was the thought process behind it, and he said, and this is true, we had seventy percent possession, outshot them by three times. Mm -hmm. uh, he said he thought that the guys on the field were playing great and that he didn't want to make any changes because he thought it was only a matter of time before we got a goal. He mm -hmm. loved the way we were playing and wanted it to continue. The only sub we made was Luke for Ilya. So you're bringing on a striker. I've said before, I'll say again, I don't love Luke and Cam playing at the same time because I feel like they have to occupy the same space. Yeah. But that's fine. You just want to bring take off one attacker for another attacker. I get your concept. Uh, but you can't have it both ways here because we talked also about how tired everybody was after five yeah. games in X number of days. Uh, I'm sure Niall looked like he was playing great, but if Richie Ballard is healthy, you got to get him in for games like this. Yeah, I'm sure that you know he felt like Oscar and Kyle were playing great, but Kyle got kicked in the face. In the face. And you've got somebody like Sean Francis on the bench ready to come in. You've got some like-for-like -like substitutions you could make. It feels like Jose Carranza might have been a youthful uh, input of legs into this game. Fast. I, I haven't gotten a real gauge on his speed yet. I have no reason to doubt that he's fast. fast. Uh, his name sounds fast. His name does sound fast. And uh, I think it might have been nice to see an infusion of fresh legs. I don't think you can have it both ways. Our guys were playing so well, I didn't want to take anybody off. Our guys are so tired because they've played so many games in a row. I get it. You've got eight days off. If they were playing well, they don't need to come off in that instance. But I, I feel like maybe some extra fresh legs yeah. would have been a virtue in this game. Uh, again, I'm not anywhere close to ready to comment on Coach Hack's coaching acumen because if Niall ends up scoring the game winner in the 83rd minute, then there's no possible way I'm here saying that. Right. You know, and Kyle and Niall was close to scoring the game winner in the 83rd minute. So I've got no 
strong objection to it. It's just merely my thought process. Right. Two uh, two. It's a it's a bummer. I feel like we deserved a better outcome from this game, but a you can't allow their few opportunities to be such good opportunities. Yeah. And b we've got to finish better. Cameron scoring goals at a legendary pace, and uh, you know we're coming off of a three-game stretch before that where we'd scored you know ten goals. So it's not like we're not putting away shots, but right. But we're also in the point officially. I feel like in the point of the season where we can't just say, "Well, it wasn't a loss." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, no, we we've hit the crunch time. Yeah, we've hit the no. We need wins. It's and not enough to come away with one point. We need the three points. And it's fortunate for us that Charleston is one of the teams right in the thick of it with us, and they didn't make up any ground on us because right. obviously we got the tie. And Pittsburgh played Cincinnati, and so they took a loss because mm-hmm. Cincinnati is beating everybody right now. So we didn't lose any ground in the actual standings this week and actually picked up a point on Pittsburgh. And yet, you're right. This is We are no longer at the time of the season where you know there are moral victories. We need... Real victories. Yeah. We need we are, points. What did we say? We're eight games out from yeah, we playoffs? Yeah, I think eight games left before the end of the regular season. And those eight games, I'm starting to get to the point now where I no longer think that it's reasonable to suspect we can catch Cincinnati. I think I'm there now. I don't think that it's... Even if we win this game and we win the game in hand we've got on them, we're still like six points behind them or we would seven need points them behind to them. Like just start losing. A lot. A lot. We'd need to not only beat them this week, but to demoralize them. Yeah. Maybe by beating them, I don't know, five nothing. But uh, <laughs> but uh, it's I don't. I no longer realistically think we have any chance of catching them. Coming into last week, I did. I thought if we beat Toronto like we should have, we found a way to beat Charleston. If Pittsburgh found a way to take some points off of Cincinnati, and then we were to beat Cincinnati, then we'd be right in there in the thick of it. But none of those things happened. None of those things happened. And so instead of us sort of closing the gap... We're now, yeah. It's it's now that we're, we want second place in the division. Although, how much do we want second place when our home form has been this spotty? Yeah. We haven't won a game there in months. God, months. So, but you still... I, I, I want us to play home games just because I want to go to the games. Right. So, there's that. Um, that's our game review. Let's, let's let's transition this into the game preview. Yeah. What do you say? Okay. All right? It's a lot. It is. It's rivalry week. It's hate week. It's this is it. Dirty River Derby. It's the River City Cup. It's whatever you want to call it. But it's Louisville. Louisville versus, versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Now. There are a lot of layers to this. There's a lot of layers. There are a lot of storylines. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff here, man. This is a drama. This is so, the drama of the USL. Let's start at the beginning and say that all time mm-hmm. coming into this game, mm-hmm. if you include the US Open Cup match against them, mm-hmm. we have four wins. Mm-hmm. They have three wins. There are two draws. We have outscored them 14-9 to over all these competitions. But, I mean, do the math. You can basically track that all back to the fact that we beat them 5 nothing in one game. Yeah. That's the history. Yes. Now, let's start being a little more uh, pragmatic about the now okay. and say City has won the last three. Mm-hmm. We have shut them out 
in the last three. They haven't scored on us. There's a clock up there on Twitter right now. <laughs> I love it. There's a clock out there on Twitter right now of the last time Cincinnati scored against Louisville. It's been a long time. It's been 400 plus days. I feel like it's like 430 at this point. Over days. a calendar year. Significantly over a calendar year. <laughs> Basically a calendar year and, you know, three months or yeah. whatever. It's been a long time since they hung a, since they hung a goal on us. Now, that's the second part of it. Yes, the series is very close all time. Yes, we have dominated the last three games. Yes. We have had a great deal of playoff success, and they have had zero. Yes. Those are all the good things that you can say about this, and they are all true. Yes. Here's some of the, here's some of the downsides of all this. But stuff that we need to face. Stuff that you have to be realistic We've about. Gotta, you've got to look it in the eye. They've won at least five consecutive games. Mm-hmm. They haven't lost... In months, yeah, they are really good. They're good. I believe I didn't do my perfect research on this. I believe they've only lost to two teams this year. They've lost to us twice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they've lost to Pittsburgh. I want to say is the other team. No, it may have actually been uh, Charleston, but uh, I think they've only lost three games on the year, and those are them. This is a really good team. They're playing really well. They have a ton of confidence. They have a ton of really good players. Mm-hmm. And that makes them scary. Also, several of their really good players were either brand new when we played them yeah. or hadn't even joined the team yet when we played right. them. Two this of them are call-ups. Yeah. International call-ups. Lucidity had none, which is helpful. But uh, Cincinnati had two. One of them is one of their new guys, Pa Conate. Mm-hmm. He's going up, and uh, Michael Lahoud is going up. So we won't see either of those two players. Both of them have been getting minutes. Neither of them are pure cogs in their machine. But both of them have been getting regular minutes who since the, they got there. Who are the guys that are going to be on their MLS team? Well, Conate is one of them. Okay. Uh, the other is uh, Adi. And Adi oh, is going to yeah. still be there, and he will be available. But how much of their not trajectory is not the word I'm looking for um, recent success? How much of that is do you think, if any, is based on them knowing that they are going to the MLS, mm-hmm. wanting wanting to put up a good show? I think in they. The USL? I think they want to leave on a good note. I think that. Alright, so I'm 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 from there, mostly. Mostly. Mostly from there. I, I lived in Cincinnati a long time. And I'll tell you this that Cincinnati sports, they are incredibly good fans when they're excited about something. Yeah. When they're not excited about something, they are incredibly bad fans. Mm-hmm. Go to a Reds game next month when they are forty games out of first place or just have already been eliminated. There will be six thousand fans in the stadium. Banks. Not really, but and the Banks. Bengals by the end of the, by the end of every season, you know, it's, yeah. it's bad. And it's the same way when you walk around the town. Like if there's excitement, oh man, everybody's excited and everybody's wearing the gear and everybody's pumped up. And it is, it's a fun place to live in. Like on opening day for the Reds, man, the the town is electric. Yeah. And right now, FC Cincinnati has got that. Yeah. Where it's electric around there for game days. And it should be. And they're excited about it. And they can't wait to go to the MLS and good for them. Say what you will about how they got there. I don't care. They're going to MLS. They they earned it in the only way there is to earn it. Right. And so good for them. I'm not here to 
cast aspersions right, on right, right. purchasing it. <laughs> I'm really not. I mean, that's the way to do it. Like, I mean, if we had $250 million and had gotten an invite yeah, to go to yeah, MLS, yeah. we would have done it too. So, ain't no ain't mad at them. But they need to carry what they've got now, that excitement, mm-hmm. that legitimate energy into next year. And I think that they know that it will be tenfold if they leave on a high note. Yeah. They leave with a cup, that's a good feeling. Yeah. They leave at least making a good showing in the in the playoffs yeah. with a with a regular season title under belt. They'll feel good about that and that'll carry over this excitement. Instead of having to regenerate it a couple right. of months before the season starts. So they're excited. And some of that is the MLS boost. Okay. But most of it is that they have a lot of money and they've spent it on really good players. Yeah. Ledesma is, in my mind, he's the MLS, uh, the USL player of the year. Like, if the, if the season ended right now, mm-hmm. I think if Cam can find a way to break Fondi's record and we do really well towards the end of the year, maybe, maybe Cam gets it. But right now, I think Ledes- Emmanuel Ledesma... Is, I think he's got 10-plus goals and 10-plus assists, and he leads that team in terms of uh, quality. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably your player of the year right now. He's probably the favorite. Uh, he's really good. I mean, there's uh, Al-Badawi has been scoring goals for them, and he's really good. Yeah. Their main striker when we played them earlier this year was Emery Welshman, and Emery Welshman hasn't been a huge part of that club. Right. I think he's got three goals on the season. Instead, uh, old standby uh, Danny Koenig has got another 10-plus goals. So they got three guys who are 10-plus goals on the right. season already, and they're all good. And then you've got the regular players for them who we're used to and seeing McLaughlin and Walker and yeah. Bone and those guys who we all hate and that uh, you know are part of this rivalry. Uh those guys are still there to hate, and they're still getting a lot of minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Evan Newton playing most of the time in goal for them. You're okay. seeing some Richie back there, but mostly it's been Evan Newton. And I expect him to get the start against us if he's healthy. Uh, probably. Who, did, who was your keeper for U.S. Open Cup? For Open Cup last year, yeah. when, on their fantastic run, it was uh, Mitch Says Yes, Mitch Hildebrand. And uh, he went on to play for, he was the backup for Atlanta United's MLS team this year. Oh, okay. And then he got demoted, and he's been playing for uh, Atlanta United 2, <laughs> Atlanta 2 United. That's a bit of a come down for our boy Mitch. A lot of Mitching going on. Yeah. Uh, but this year it's Evan Newton, and Evan Newton is the quintessential good USL goalkeeper. Yeah. He's not going up. He's not going to be an MLS keeper. He's just really good. He's yeah. solid. Uh, I don't have any problems with him. He's always got a well-kept beard. Uh, we'll have to come up with some good stuff. I feel like there might be some Isaac Newton jokes to be made here. Probably. Apples falling on his head. Yeah. I don't know. There's stuff. But he's a good keeper. I mean, it's a damn good team. How's his beard compared to Pickens? Uh, not as burly, usually, but well-kept. Okay. Well-kept. Uh, Forrest Lasso... His first year with the team, he may be the USL Defensive Player of the Year. He's been really stalwart on the back line. Uh, but my lasting image of him is standing there watching Cameron score on the road against him. So yeah. I got no problems with him. This game should be a good game. 
Yeah, uh, it's two good teams. I don't talk. Don't worry about form right now. Take form out of it. Okay. And I'll say that these are two good teams that are playing against each other. And if you just put them in a vacuum, they are more talented. We have historically been a better team. Mm-hmm. You got to wonder how much of what we have in their heads was James O'Connor. The, that shadow looms over this. I know that in Cincinnati yeah. they were they had a high opinion of him and hated him yeah. because they had a high opinion of him. Uh, I, I hope that Hack can carry some of that over into this game. I think it makes us, and this is just from a completely a complete novice's standpoint, right? So let's say, and uh, Sean touched on it in the interview, is. One of the things that Coach O'Connor did so well was know what the other team was going to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to imagine that after our history, Cincy has studied us yeah. and likes to think that they knew what we were going to do, right? But they know what O'Connor would do. Yeah. And so do you think going into this, for them, there's a little bit of like, they've been playing a system, but... There's going to be a lot of differences between this game and recent games. We were still playing a three-man back line yeah. when we played them earlier this year. Got them both times, one nothing and 2 nothing mm-hmm. on their home field. Yeah, And uh, it's a different team. We play a different style than we did at the beginning of the year, and they play a different style than mm-hmm. they did at the beginning of the year. This was a team that you know was mostly remade, mm-hmm. and they hadn't found their stride yet at mm-hmm. that point. They have very thoroughly found their stride. They can score goals. They can suppress goals. They are a good soccer team. They play much more through the middle than they did when we played them before. So I'm not expecting, you know, a parade of crosses like we got to see last time, which our guys just, you know, swept aside. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting them to try to play more through the middle. I wouldn't be surprised if they let us have a little bit of the ball to be able to try to hit us on a counterattack because they've got the skilled players to break us down. Um... I'm expecting this game to be extremely close and extremely competitive. I don't picture us blowing them out 5 nothing as much as I would love that. I also don't picture them blowing us out. Uh, I can't imagine that. If it does happen, it will raise a lot of question marks about where we're headed going into the postseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, now would be a good time to start a good run of form again rather than uh, continue our current sort of mm-hmm. lackadaisical form. But we've had eight days of rest. That's helpful. Andy, what's your prediction? Actually, I was going to ask you the exact same question. You'll still get to. I know, but I wanted to... You wanted to hear mine first. No, you know... I'm going to say 3-2. Good guys? Good guys. Good guys. 3-2. So you think there'll be some scoring in this game? I think there's going to be some scoring. What do you got score? What do you, give, me, give me one of your three goals. One of them. I'm not going to say Cameron. Too easy. Because it's too, right, it's too, um, I think we're going to get something from Speedy. Okay. I like it. I think, and I'm not, it's not going to be a set piece, it's not going to be on a corner, it's not going to be anything like that. I think it is going to be, we're on a play, Speedy's just going to. Ball gets fly. cut back to Speedy in the I middle of the field. Yeah, I think I, he's going to thread the needle. I like it. Uh, I hope you're right. That would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm predicting a 1-1 tie. I think 1-1 tie is the most likely scenario in my head. Um, 
I think that both teams are too good to be shut out. Mm-hmm. But I also think both teams, once they get a goal and feel confident they're not going to lose, mm-hmm. will settle back into a defensive shape. And if they settle back into a defensive shape, that means that uh, Lou City will possess the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, our best defense is having the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, you're right that Speedy and Paolo are going to play a huge role in this game. As per usual, they are going to have to control the middle of the field, mm-hmm. and that's not easy to do against the quality that Cincinnati's got. Mm-hmm. It is what we did in the first two meetings, and they'll need to do it again in this game. I've got 1-1, and I've got our goal scorer being on a penalty, on an actual PK. Oh, wow. I think Ilya does his thing, walks up, and takes it again. He says, that's mine, goes and gets it, and scores a goal. I like it. Yeah, I think we put enough pressure on him. That they mess up. That they mess up, and that it'll be controversial, and Cincinnati fans will hate it for months, mm-hmm. and it'll be great. <laughs> so that's what I've got. I feed on their hate. Yeah. All right. So that's our that's our game reviews, our game previews. Now let's throw you out to Heine Brothers. Oh man. And our interview with the nicest person. Holy crap! So nice. in the city of Louisville, and probably the nicest export Jamaica has ever <laughs> made. How could they have exported anybody nicer? So uh, please enjoy this interview with our man, Fight Club himself, Sean Francis. Welcome back. We are joined now by a man with over 75 caps in the MLS. Yeah. A guy who's got over 11 caps for his, the Jamaican national team. Yeah. We've got a guy who has joined the team this year with perhaps the coolest new nickname of any player <laughs> in the history of the USL. Yeah. Andy and I are joined by Sean Francis. Kind of Sean, a legend. thanks. A legend. Oh, thank you don't you, have thank to clap. You, thank you, guys. We make other people clap. Other guests, <laughs> thank we have you to for tell having them to clap. Thank you, you for having me. We're thrilled that you're here with us, and uh, let's get straight to it because uh, I think we're going to come full circle this podcast. We're going to start here and end here. Yeah. Uh, you joined the team this year under a cloud of mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team didn't want people to know you were out and that uh, we might have first crack at you, mm-hmm. and so they made all the fans who came to mm-hmm. watch the first preseason game with you. Uh, swear not to say that yeah. you were there. Yeah. That, so that was that was James. James yeah. Because um, <laughs> we spoke, we spoke like maybe a couple of days before that first game that I played yeah. in, and um, we already spoke about you know whether I would sign or not, and I told him yeah I was definitely interested, but we didn't come to the full terms as yet. Okay. Right. And we were about to play that game, and he was saying you know um, we're gonna you're gonna play in this game. But we do not want anyone to know, you know, sure. who is playing in the game, you know. <laughs> you gotta, you're, just, you're just a childist, you know. You got to bring right. them out as yeah. a secret weapon. So yeah. we told all the media guys and everyone else, you know, this is this is just a childist, you know. He's a no-namer. Yeah, no, nobody. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, and I remember seeing you come out onto the field and I recognized every other player on the field and they'd said there will be somebody we won't know out there. And uh, you should have, did you consider coming out like with a cape, like no, shrouded no. and then the like thing, throw the cape the off is, and it's you? With me, that, that, that entire thing is me basically i okay. like to be unknown you know <laughs> i'm not the type of person that likes to be in the in the flashy highlights and right i'm i do my thing be, behind scenes well you play entirely too well to avoid highlights yeah. so that's uh that's going to be a risk um so 
because of this, because no one was allowed to talk about it, and the first rule is you can't talk about it, you, they gave Fight you the Club, nickname man. Fight Club. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's such an amazing nickname. I love that name. I love that name. <laughs> had you gotten to see, had you seen the movie before? Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you knew what they were, what was going on. I've seen the movie a couple times. I've seen the movie a couple times. And, uh, it was a really good movie. So. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. Uh, let me ask you, are you, uh, are you more of a Brad Pitt or more of an Edward Norton? Um, both. I would say both. Because <laughs> they are both. Yeah, yeah, yeah they are. That's yeah. a perfect answer to that question. <laughs> <Both>. <laughs> that was a trick question. Yeah. And you answered it perfectly. <laughs> so when you came over to the United States in the first place, mm-hmm. you were, you're from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You were telling us before the show got started that uh, you lived all over in Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, high school ends. And uh, you come over to go to Lindsey Wilson College. So how did you decide how, how, that? All of that happened was my final year of high school. There was a, a club team that I was playing for back home, and um, the manager at the time um, it's kind of sad right now because he passed away like uh, a couple months ago. So well, I'm sorry yeah, to hear don't that. Don't worry. Yes, um, he was very invested in our in the in the players on the, at that club team, and he definitely wanted for. The younger players to, to basically go off to college and get a get a full education sure. as well as the experience to play overseas. It's the best um, kind of coach. Yeah. So when we were there, he um, he had a connection with a couple guys from a couple different college coaches, and one of them was Ray Wells, who coached Lindsey Wilson College, and he came to Jamaica to actually see two other players, <laughs> not me. He came to see two other players, but. Fortunately, I was in that game that he came to watch, mm. and um, one of the guys I don't I, I don't think he performed well, but the other guy that he really wanted did perform well, and I had a really good game. And he said, um, "Well, I definitely want this guy. Do you want to come as well? You know, like oh, that's a, awesome. a, a package deal. Yeah, you know, full scholarship, be able to play, be able to get your education. Um, honestly, if it was me by myself I wouldn't have taken I wouldn't have taken the opportunity really but because I had a, a really close friend of mine going as well yeah. it was much easier for me to say yes you know yeah sure I'm not I'm not gonna pay for college I'm just going there and just play soccer and, and right. um, get an education so it was get to do what you really love. easy decision for me at the end get and, to um, do what you love and you get to uh, learn what did you study while you were there communications communication uh, okay okay that's fantastic mm-hmm. We could use that right now because that's uh, that's what yeah, I'm this failing is, this at. Is the- <laughs> <laughs> what was so you know? What was the deciding factor okay. for you when you were talking to Coach O'Connor and first coming out? Like, what was the thing that made you say, "This is where I want to be"? All right. So, actually, my my wife okay. is from here. She lives here in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, really? And we we had a baby just. Just, I think it was maybe a week before preseason started. Okay. And um, Speedy, a good friend of mine, I spoke to him at the time and I told him, you know, if he could speak to his coach about, you know, me coming and just practicing with the team. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't, at that time, I wasn't really thinking I I, I would sign with with, with Louisville City. I said, you know, could I get there, practice with the team just to keep in shape. Yeah. I came to to practice, I think it was the third week, the third week of preseason. And to be honest, I was blown away by the team. Yeah. You know, it was like they, they accepted me right away, and just the intensity mm-hmm. and how the culture of the team mm-hmm. was. You know, how positive they were towards each other, yeah. how mature as players they were, and especially with James as well. James, 
his 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 coaching level is on a different level, yeah. different different level. And I was like, no, this is this is definitely something I would love to be a part of, you know. And I was still thinking, um, all right, I'm gonna keep practicing with them. If they if they offer me something, then I'll let them know. Yes, I'll definitely want to sign. But the team and with James, it was it was it was very very humbling you know yeah. a lot of people think okay you come into the usl the level is not that high you know right but when i came here i was a def I, even though i still tell all of these players you guys are good enough to play in the mls mm. like right now i've played with a lot of players and they're good players but some of them you guys are way better than you know it's just you know, you just have to get the opportunity yeah. and right. sometimes it's luck you yeah know? so that was the deciding factor huh it seems to be like a running Thing. Everybody that we've interviewed, players at least, have emphasized the importance, not even the importance, but like the draw of the culture of the team in general. Yeah. I bet if you went back and listened to all of our player interviews, everybody mentions culture at some point or another. And to me, that means it's not just like a, uh, a word people are saying. It means that it's a real no, it's, thing it's that exists. It's a real thing. You go in the locker room and it's, they, they hold each and every person, not players only, but whether it's the front office, hmm. whether it's the kit guy, whether it's whoever it might be, you know, they hold each and every one of us to such a high standard. And if you mess up, we're gonna make let you know, you know, because yeah. it's, it's only gonna benefit you. So it was it was really really, a, I would say eye opening to me, you know, to know that each and every player were on this level, and not even players only, but staff as well. Right. Well, and then the question that that leads to me is, is that culture driven by? driven by everybody or was that a trickle-down effect of coach o'connor in the first place because now you've gotten to experience mm -hmm. a couple of months now where coach o'connor's left and that means that uh, you had the triumvirate takeover for a while and uh, they did a great job of coaching at least in terms of results obviously we're not in the locker room but uh, in terms of results it was great and now you're 20 days into having coach hackworth be the uh, head coach of the team have you felt like that culture has changed in any way, or do you feel like it's the same, just you know, with new personalities? To me, as you were saying, you were wondering if it was from James, but I think it's from both because yes, James might might be the one dictating our this is what we need to do, but you need the players to to really accept that, mm, and right. for all of these players to really accept that and hold themselves to a higher standard, it definitely means it's both. And during that time, even when James left. You could see we did go through rough patches, you know. You, you, people might not see in the locker room or whatever, but we did go, go through rough patches. But we still came out and noticed that, you know, we we, we came out and won games and showed that all right, the culture is still here. And even with Hakir, the culture is still here. I just think right now he's a new coach and he's he needs to he needs to basically know the players more as sure. well as the players need right. to know him more because he does he's here i mean as a new coach he doesn't know every, everyone could off the bat so yeah he's and i think he's doing a very good job so far yeah mm -hmm. so he's had 20 days of being at the head of the club and this is the first week where you guys didn't have a midweek game too mm -hmm. since he's been there yeah has it been nice this week being able to a maybe get a little bit more rest and b be able to actually do some of the things that he wants to do on the field mm -hmm. well, definitely because after after the the, Char the Charleston game mm -hmm. gave us um, three days off, yeah. which was I think Whew. was well 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 deserved by the players, and you know it was it was a chance for either players to like stay home, spend time with their family, or players needed to get away and just 
you know, just refresh the brain, refresh the mind, refresh sure. the legs and all of that stuff. And you could definitely see it by, by practice on, on Tuesday, how fresh and how ready everyone was yesterday and today as well. And it was, those two days were basically two very hard days of practice and it was a really hot day and the intensity was just, just as high. That's, well that's what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. It yeah. sucks that the weather was bad, but you <laughs> like hearing that, you know, you got in a really intense practice mm -hmm. after a couple of days off. Mm -hmm. Uh, now when you is, it shows you it shows you the mentality of the team and the players because even though we got three days off it didn't say all right even though you're not you don't have any practice or anything you shouldn't stay stay in shape I bet you every one of us stayed in shape you know yeah. whether it's whether it's doing a 5k run or whether it's in the gym working on or, or whatever because everybody came back and it, it wasn't any we didn't miss a beat there was, there was nobody standing yeah. around gasping yeah. for air like I forgot how this felt right. well, that's that's encouraging mm -hmm. that's encouraging. Uh, now you got three days off, and three days off for you, I imagine, means getting to spend some time with a, uh, a brand new addition to the family. Yeah. So you've got a seven-month-old daughter, is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's how exciting is that? So exciting, the best thing ever. I can't even imagine. I legitimately can't imagine trying to be a professional athlete and be a full-time dad too. <laughs> does your Does your wife bring her to the games? Yeah, they, every game that they're they're here, they come to. Well, any time they want to stand in Seattle's house. I'll let them know. They're I'll welcome to join us. We'll, over there. we'll even let them stand right by the Jamaican flag if they want, which we <laughs> hang for every game. Yeah. So, um, You get those days off, and now you're back in practice. You're preparing for a game against Cincinnati. Now, I'm sure that you guys don't spend much time worrying about the standings and where you guys are. It's always about the next game and the game after that and improving as a team. I hear it every time I talk to you guys. But you're playing the first-place team. It's a team that... Nobody but you guys seems to be beating this year. Uh, what does it mean going into a rivalry game like this for you? Does Do you feel an increase in the pressure? Or do you feel an increase in the atmosphere? Or is it just like a game you know you want to win? To be honest, after those two games last weekend, you know, I lost against Toronto. Mm -hmm. And then a, a, a game that we should have won against, against Char mm -hmm. Charleston, you actually want to get back on the field right away. Okay. And, you know, what a match. To, to really get back on the field sure. against Cincinnati, so that that should say it all. You know, we just want to go out there and we just want to prove to people that you know we're the best team and we're we're here to win, especially at home. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we're expecting a huge crowd for this game. Uh, do you are you as a player somebody who likes to feed off of the crowd, or is it just sort of when you're out there you're completely zoned in and you don't notice it? What he's really asking is when we're screaming how much we love you from Scouse's house, can you hear us? <laughs> For me personally, if if you're not on the field, you definitely take in all that's going on mm -hmm. around you. But when you're on the field, I'm 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 in such a zone that I actually do not hear anybody outside of those lines right okay outside, i hear my teammates i hear other players shouting i'll hear the coach and stuff but around around me i don't i do not hear anything else you know because i'm so tuned into what's going on on the field but apart from that being on the outside you, you definitely people definitely feed off the energy of the, the, yeah. the fans well and that's what i've found whenever we've asked any any of the players that everybody is one or the other everybody's either oh man i love it i have to hear that loud mm -hmm. noise and it gets me going or it's I don't hear any of that. Yeah. I am just focused on the moment. 
and uh, it's always interesting to me to hear which kind of player a player is, mm -hmm. and uh, that yeah. that's cool stuff. Well, rest assured, we're still even though you can't hear us, we're yeah. still gonna let you know. <laughs> no, at the, the top of our lungs. So the thing is, once we get a break, whatever it's maybe a foul, then you'll hear what's going on. You know, yeah. okay. If the it's halftime, you'll hear what's going on. So it's not like we we complete don't hear anybody. You know, we do at times. Sure. Know, just once the game is going on. We're, we're just locked in. <laughs> mm -hmm. Understood. Now, I suppose I want to talk to you a little bit about your experience playing for the national team in Jamaica. So, what was it like the first time you get a phone call asking you to come and play for that team? The first time I got a phone call to play for the, 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 the national team, it was because every Jamaican, that's your dream. Yeah. You play for your national team. And um, it was my first call up was in 2010, and it was it was basically, it was surreal to me, you know, because it's something that you always wanted and you're waiting on, you're waiting on, you're waiting on, and then the phone call comes, and you're like, whoa, you know, you definitely, you, and especially the first game that I played was back home in Jamaica. Yeah. It wasn't playing away, it right. was in front of our fans. You want to play incredible. a game like that in front of your own fans in your own colors, you know, and. I thought about it for for a while, and I was like, I'm I'm actually going home to play for my country in front of family as well. How amazing is that? Yeah. You know, it makes you want to give so much more for the country, so yeah. much more for the team, so much more for the badge. You know, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Well, and you say that that you wanted to give so much more, and I'll say that I've looked over your stats over the over your career, mm -hmm. and uh, you're not. A giant goal scorer. A lot of what you do is out on the wings and playing defense, and so you're you're creating and shutting down more than you're getting to score. But uh, so I believe it was three goals in your MLS career over 75 plus games. I've actually never scored in the MLS. I apologize. I've scored, I've scored the in the statistics USA. You look in at the U yeah. to you. I apologize, I've but you've got three goals for the national yeah. team yeah. in 11 games. Uh -huh. So when you get out and you're there and you put on the reggae boys jersey. And the, the funny thing, I remember, I don't remember who it was, but it's someone, one of the analysts in Jamaica, he, he actually wrote, I read out a stat that anytime I score for the national team, we always win. That's... We, I, we've never lost when I score for the national team. So they're going to make you a striker for the national team. <laughs> Did you always play with so much positional versatility? Because it seems like you can play pretty much all over the mm -hmm. midfield and pretty much all over the back line. Yeah. Um, I actually can play striker if you want me to. Well, I'm sure. You, you What's your favorite? My, my favorite position. If somebody was, if Hack was like, where do you want to play? I think everybody would say striker. Because right <laughs> now, Absolutely. Right now, striker is the position that's in. Yeah. But on a real it's standpoint. Fun scoring goals. On a, on a. Like growing up, my favorite position was playing on the wing, yeah. and not left wing, on the right. Okay. Because I'm, I'm a left footer, yeah. so playing on the right, it's easier for you to like cut, in, yeah. cut inside and then shoot, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's my favorite position. Well, see, and that's actually one of Andy's favorite moves on a soccer field. Mm -hmm. uh, Andy is not a long, doesn't have a long history of the with the game of soccer, and it's been fun for me to get to learn what he likes and what he doesn't watching a soccer game because I've been watching it since I was, you know, four. Yeah. And uh, I know. <laughs> no, it's been fun for me to get to learn what it is that you enjoy. And one of the things he consistently talks about is liking to watch you and Kyle and Oscar when you're playing out on the wings. 
sometimes, yeah, you're going to knock the ball out to the forward midfielders into the corners, but a lot of the times instead you sort of fake that pass and cut in towards the 18-yard box, and uh, that's one of the most exciting plays in soccer is because there's so many options once you get to that spot. And I think it's one of the things that makes you all so dangerous Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is your all's ability to do that. And, you know, talk about keeping pressure on a team, talk about keeping – a team on their toes. I mean, it's stuff like that to have in your arsenal, and that's why I think people get such a kick out of it. It's definitely a very, a very different, you know, a very, a different dimension to the game. Yeah. Because when you're able to dribble at a dribble at a player, and the player does not know if you're gonna go left or right. Right. You know, you have some players. You know, definitely. All right, he's dribbling at me. He's definitely gonna, gonna go left, yeah. or he's definitely gonna go right. So you actually bait him into where you want him to go. Yeah. But if you have a player that you try to bait him left, but he's still he's still able to go right. You don't know what he's gonna come with, which is so important in the game today. Unpredictability yeah. is. Yeah. I think it's one of the things that separates the really good teams from the really bad teams, or even just from the okay teams, is you may do one thing really well, but what are you gonna do when they start shutting that yeah. one thing down? And uh, that's perhaps what was most evident in the last game against Cincinnati earlier this year is that they came down the wing over and over and over again and knocked crosses in there and let the the guys knock the ball out of there over and over and over again and never tried anything different yeah and uh you guys did an amazing job of shutting them down in that game because they were doing the same thing again and again because and that's one thing you can't take from james you know when james was here he, he went into so much detail when it comes to how we needed to go up against a team, you know, what their strength is, what their weakness is. And uh, to be honest, each and every game that we played, whatever he told us the team was going to do, that's exactly what they did. That's got to be a comforting feeling. <laughs> that's exactly Jeez. what they did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> now you talked about playing out on the wing. There are times now when if you are playing out on the wing, you will be playing next to Speedy. How long have you known Speedy? Is this a new relationship or is this something you guys, does it go way back to Jamaica? So it you could say it goes way back to Jamaica in terms of I knew Speedy before he knew me. Okay. Because I used to watch him play in high school. Okay. You know, and he was definitely, actually on the team that he was playing, the school that he was playing for, and that year when I was watching, he was actually my favorite player. Oh, that's cool. You know, so he might not know that. <laughs> but meet, meeting him and getting to know him, it's been maybe two, three years. Okay. Yeah. So that's when I really got to know him through the national team and you know, played with him. And so, but I've always been watching him and you know keeping, keeping my eyes on him and seeing you know, how he's been doing. Oh, that's when, really cool. Yeah, so I forget. We were just talking, and I forget what game it was but it was an away game because I remember watching on TV and you had um, kind of a beautiful cross to I want to say Cameron I want to say Cameron but when it went in from like when we were watching on TV you watch it go in but in this corner you're still there and you start doing a little oh, it, a little was, shimmy was, um, a little shimmy dance shimmy, little shimmy yeah, yeah. I, was, I was dancing <laughs> yeah so my question is do you and speedy ever have dance offs and if you don't who do you think is the better dancer we we actually don't have dance off but we do plan dances like we're like all right if 
if you score or if I score, we're gonna do this particular dance or you're gonna do this particular dance, you know? Well, I hope you guys have got a fun one queued up in yeah, case you get one this week. We definitely oh, have. We should learn some of them. The, the, the thing is, when he when he scored his first goal, I loved the he already line. yeah he already had that done that that planned out. <laughs> so we were like, all right, when you score, this is what you're gonna do. But after that, then we're gonna plan you know whatever dance we need to do. If you score or I score. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I hope you guys have got a fun one lined up for this weekend. <laughs> oh my god, that's I, amazing. <laughs> but we do we do we do have a couple of different dances. You should challenge him. Just do an open challenge one day. Because there's the video out there of him of uh, Speedy doing uh, Kiki doing the Kiki mm -hmm. challenge. How was it decided that he was gonna be the one who danced for that? Um, I think it was planned on the because I think that the weekend before we played Tampa in Tampa mm -hmm. and I think they were Scott Scott Stewart was talking yeah. to Speedy about I think Speedy was singing the song or whatever and Scott Stewart spoke to him about you know you know if he wanted to do the Kiki challenge and he said yes and he actually wanted me to be in there as well but uh -huh. I said I said, all right, let me let me do one bit. I'll drive the car. <laughs> I'll drive the car. <laughs> the easiest part of the challenge. I'll drive the car. Hey, and then he missed the shot. I hope you guys gave him hell. No, we didn't because that made the video even much better. <laughs> that made it even much better. It did. So you talked a little bit about uh, how there's a bit of a veteran culture in the locker room there. That you're, it's mostly guys who you know have been been playing for a while and have played together a while. Uh, what was it like bringing in two new players this late in the season, and not only to bring in two new players, but to bring in two players who were so much younger than the rest of the squad? Um, First of all, it was it was something coming because we had um, our roster was a very small roster. We had 20 players, and mm -hmm. we knew after going through we had a patch where we had um, five games in a, in a in a set amount of time, and we did we did okay, you mm -hmm. know. But at the end of the day, and internally we saw how beat up players were. You know, players were suffering from injuries. Players were tired. Players were you know just exhausted, and. We knew this time was coming up, and with the new coach coming in, we were thinking, all right, we definitely will need a, a couple more players. Some reinforcements. You know, we need some reinforcement because it's gonna be a tough, tough, you know, yeah. couple of couple of weeks coming. And um, bringing in the two younger players, it, honestly, it wasn't about what how old they were or you know where are they from or whatever, because soccer doesn't have an age. Right. Yeah. You know, if you're a good player, you're a good player. Yeah. And you can come in and with the culture that we have, as we always talk about the culture, if you're willing to accept this culture and, and believe in it and trust in what we have here, you're gonna do well. And these guys, especially um Jose and um James 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 because he left James left us because <laughs> um, he's gone. Yeah James they they did they did such an awesome job man and so far um, Jose is, is still doing doing an awesome job. So were they hassling you guys to buy them beer, or was it? No, no. I think one point they were um, they wanted to. I think Jose wanted to go at one point, and we just said, "Yo, stay home, stay home." <laughs> <laughs> Poor <laughs> Jose. <laughs> Nothing good for it comes from bringing the teenager oh, yeah. out on the town. <laughs> Nothing on, good. Uh, now. I, I mentioned that you know Kyle and Oscar play very similar positions to what uh, you have mostly been doing with the club, and now it seems like uh, Jose maybe has some of those same skill sets, uh, may play a little bit more in the middle, but also seems to be a, sort of a, a midfielder in that same vein. Uh, 
do we feel like when everybody's healthy, there's a crunch for minutes, or is it just sort of uh, uh, when you're fit and when you're in good form, you're going to be playing? At the moment, I think it's it's basically playing, sticking to what what, what has been working, uh -huh. you know, what has been working, and then if if there is a need to change something, then we'll change something because we, we in the locker room, and I definitely know you guys know that it doesn't matter who you put out there you definitely getting the same result you yeah know, it's not like you put another guy out there and there's a drop of form right you know, each and every one of us can play and we can play at a high level so we're the locker room is a it is, is a is a place where each player we put we put the team first before ourselves and whether you're on the field or you're not on the field you're definitely going to support your teammates you know and you're definitely going to root for them and be the, the biggest fan biggest fan there is so i don't think he's a he's a battle for minutes is just when you're when your opportunity comes make sure you take your opportunity and make sure you perform mm -hmm. that seems like the yeah. best mm -hmm. possible answer to that question um, I have two more questions and then I'm gonna hand you off to Andy who has a brand new brand new question, question? Holy crap. Brand new. the first question I have or the first of my two final questions is uh, it's about hair okay uh, all right so from last year to this year, we've lost a lot of hair on the team. Yeah. Because uh, Greg had yeah, the long ponytail yeah. and he chopped it off. Greg's the year before that, Paolo had the yeah. uh, the ponytail and he Paolo's chopped it off. Paolo's not quite at a fade, but it's gone. Yeah. And then uh, this year, you bring in Pat McMahon and it was like, all right, thank goodness we've yeah, got yeah. a long hair again. And now during the season, he's chopped it off. Yeah. Did somebody make him do it? Or uh, did it, was this a, a surprise to you guys too? It, all right. <laughs> <laughs> this just got very serious. So this is this is this is this is this actually happened to a conversation with me and Pat. We were there and we were just there talking, and he was saying, you know, I'm, I feel like cutting my hair off. You know, he's been thinking thinking about it for a while, and I'm like, Pat. You're just talking, talking. <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna cut your hair, and like he's like, I'm gonna cut it this week. So the week passed, he didn't cut his hair. So I'm like, I told you, you're not gonna cut your hair. And then one day, I walked in the locker room, and normally, when when we walk in the locker room, we we, we normally greet each every every single player in a good morning or whatever it is. Sure. So I came in, and I'm just going around the locker room. I actually greeted Pat, one of the first person, but I didn't even look at him like look at his hair or anything. I just greeted him and started walking around. But because I was the only one coming in at, in at that time, everyone was like looking at me, you know? Like, you don't see what's going on, you know? And then I got around, got around to my to my locker and I looked at Paul and Paul was like looking at me and then glances at Pat. And I'm like, what is going on? What is really going on? So I turned around and I look at Pat and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this new player? <laughs> he looks like a completely, yeah, he looks like a completely different person. Different person. I'm, I'm pretty okay with it though because no, actually, my wife mm -hmm. really liked the long hair, <laughs> and she made it very known that she liked Pac-Man Man's long hair. And so when he cut it, now he's I, less of a threat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, the funny thing is, um, I think everyone in the locker room likes him, likes his hair this way than when it was long. Okay. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing pictures from training and being like, "Who is that guy?" Yeah. Because it was right at it was right around the same time that uh, James yeah. Sands started uh -huh, showing up uh -huh, in uh -huh. pictures, and it was like, "Who are these new people?" <laughs> that was not a new people. That was just him. Uh, I keep making fun of him, fun of him as well. I said like, 
All right, since lately you cut your hair, you don't wear glasses anymore, you, you cut, you, you shave your beard, no beard, you know, all of this stuff. What's going on, Pat? What kind of changes are going on? Well, in and that was another great nickname that we had, Pat McMahon Bun. Really? Because he had yeah, a man McMahon bun, bun, so he called him McMahon Bun, and now it's gone. Yeah. You're the last hope of nicknames on this team. <laughs> no, mine won't change. Uh, I, I love that name too much. And we will, we're will. we going to let Andy have his moment in the sun. I got one final actual soccer question, and then we'll let you go. What do you think so far has been the best attribute that Coach Hackworth has brought to the club? Um... I didn't prepare him for this best, question. No, that was a good question. Attribute. To be honest, he wasn't scared to come in and try new things. You know? Sure. He definitely came in and he, he had a particular system that he wanted to play or a particular way style he wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't scared of trying it, you know. Because I think he came in and knew, alright, these players are good enough and intelligent enough to be able to adjust uh, to this in, in, in a quick time. Sure. You know, so I think that was was something that was really good of him. Well, and see, so far. in my opinion, and this is worth nothing, but watching uh, some of the play since, I've thought that it seems like he knows that you guys can play the style that you had been playing. Yeah. And so I don't think that he feels the need to drill that into you anymore yeah, or to coach definitely. that. And so every other thing that you guys can add as an alternative is great yeah. because you can always just switch back to what you're good at. Mm -hmm. But if you can add one or two of the things from what he likes to coach into a team, then that makes you, like we were talking before, less predictable yeah. as a unit. And so maybe come playoff time, you're able to pull out a few tricks that mm -hmm. uh, you hadn't practiced with Coach yeah. O'Connor. So that was definitely something that you know was, was helpful. Good. Him coming in with something new and not being scared to try it with us. Yeah. And I imagine it probably gets it's easy to get stale with uh, the same practice yeah. over and over. And from everything I understand, Coach O'Connor likes to run a very regimented practice. Mm -hmm. And so that's, uh, that's James for you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm now going to hand you off to Andy, who's going to break out a brand new brand question, question of the week. All right. You know, we're technically two shows ahead of normal. Usually we do a new one every ten shows. Mm -hmm. Um, but this last so, question I came up with. So this is a special, terrible. special day. Everybody hated the last question because it was. It is stupid. a special day. Uh -huh. It is a special day, All and right. really, I couldn't think of a better person to ask this mm -hmm. to, to to break this can't, question I in. Can't wait. So we've talked a lot about nicknames. We had Man Bun. We've had we you know we talked on the show before. We didn't know that everybody called Oscar OJ. Uh -huh. We had no idea. We had no idea until we heard it in the U.S. Open Cup. <laughs> we we're like, who is OJ? Oh, oh that makes sense. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So we in Scouse's house always call Sean Tosh Hulk. Yeah, uh -huh. and uh, that's our guy's Hulk. And uh, there are a lot of good nicknames on yeah. the team that we hear. I know so, that they've called you Frano. Frano. So we know that you love the nickname Fight Club. Uh -huh. But if you had to pick a nickname, what would it be? So you don't want me to go with Fight Club? If you want to go with, if Fight, you Club. Want to go with Fight Club, you, we'll that's, keep that's calling you Fight Club. Name. But like, if you were put in a situation where you had to make up your own nickname. The Amazing right. Fantastic <laughs> Zeus. You know, something like that. I'm going to tell you guys something funny. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly the response he was hoping for. Even though, even though we're at the Heinz Brothers. So, I have a Starbucks name. Okay. So every time I go to Starbucks, my name is Kevin. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Every time I go to Starbucks, I, I don't know why, but I just one day I just was like, you know what? 
They don't spell my name right when I go to Starbucks. <laughs> I tell them Sean. I'll get that John. How do you, you know, spell yeah, Sean? Yeah, S-E-A-N. And then I'll mock up as a John. Or I say S E A N. So I'm like, you know what? I'll go with Kevin. I look like a Kevin, right? And I'll just go there and be, <laughs> I'll just go there and be like, um, what do you want? I'll be like, because I normally get the, what's it called? The Ultra Caramel, whatever it is. Now you're talking. Yeah. And then they're like, um, the name? And I'll be like, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> and people who know me, they'll be like, what? <laughs> and they're like, why are you telling Kevin? I'm like, that's my Starbucks name. That's my <laughs> just, just work with it. I'm totally coming up with a Starbucks name for myself I now. Think everybody God. should have a Starbucks that's name. That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> I used to give a fake name when I was getting my hair cut, like yeah. to the barber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, oh. But that was when I would go to Pro Cuts or whatever, and so they'd call your name out. I, I stepped my haircut game up since then. Yeah. yeah. But every every now and then I'll give a fake name to when I'm making res- reservations mm-hmm. at a restaurant. I'll give them Kaiser Sose. <laughs> from uh, the usual from suspects. The usual suspect. And about fifty percent of the time, no joke, fifty percent of the time, they will know exactly what I'm talking about. They're like, nice, nice. <laughs> well, we'll see if we can't come up with a good chant for Kevin. For, uh, no, just stick, stick, with, stick with Fight Club. Stick it with oh, Fight Club? We're going to stick with stick Fight Club. Fight All right, but club. the first rule is we don't talk about it. All so. right. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Sean, we wish you absolutely the best luck this uh, this week and for the rest of the season. Thank it's been great so getting to meet you and getting to Thank chat you. with you. Uh, I don't have anything else. Right, Andy, else. do you have anything you want to close with? No. No? Say hi to that family. Yeah. Just best of luck with the baby. And thanks so So... My, my wife, she has two other kids, so Mel, Nalia, Talon, and Princess Mila. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll make sure we uh, we'll make sure we uh, keep that part really good and uh, edit it up yeah. properly. Maybe give it a little musical background <laughs> yeah. for you for uh, for the back of the podcast. But we really appreciate you coming in. Uh, Thank you guys this has so been a blast. This is awesome, it was yeah. so Thank much you fun. so much. So much fun. And how nice was that guy? I mean, we didn't oversell it here. He's that nice. He's really that nice. Yeah, super friendly, uh, insightful, I thought, pleasant guy. Somebody, I'm, I'm going to root for Kevin a lot. Kevin. Like, I'm going to... Oh, he told me his name is Kevin. His Starbucks name. I'm totally coming up with a Starbucks name. <laughs> yeah. What would your Starbucks name be? Uh, the haircut name I used all those years at Pro Cuts was Perrin. Because I'm a giant dork and he's my favorite character from a series of books. Oh, God. Uh, so all of you Wheel of Time fans out there know what I'm talking all about. four of you. Yeah. But uh, what, would yours, what would yours be? Um, Horatio. Horatio? See, I feel like Kevin was perfect because nobody's questioning that. Nobody's like, oh, he's making up a name. They're like, okay, that's Kevin. You say your name is Horatio and people are going to be like, look at this tool bag trying to say his name is Horatio. And they're going to intentionally misspell okay. it, and then is they're going to spit in your coffee. Is it any worse than saying, this dude's actual name is Perrin? Well, it'd be bad. It's a terrible name. We have had Perrin Johnson on this show. It's a terrible name for you. Okay, I was going to say, Perrin Johnson is a delight. No, Perrin's great. Yeah. Not for you. Uh, you're not. You're saying I don't seem like a parent? You don't seem like a parent. Well, then I'll come up with a new one. Maybe I'll be Daffodil. Oh, man. But, uh, all right. Thank you again to Sean Francis. Uh, it, it, I'm I'm blown away by how yeah. how pleasant he was. If you ever get a chance to spend an hour in Sean Francis's company, 
you're doing a disservice to yourself if you choose to do anything else. Because that guy makes you feel better about who you are as a person. Yeah. And about humanity in general. Just, like, hey, there are good folks out there. He gives you hope. It's he does. <laughs> he does. I would vote for Sean Francis for any elected, elected yeah. office. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Enough Sean Francis love. Also a really nice soccer player, by the way. Just as a, you know, <laughs> besides the fact there. that he's a great dude. <laughs> All right. Um, purple stuff. Purple stuff. You got some? I've got some. Cheers. Mm. It's good purple stuff. Oaky purple stuff. Mine's peaty. Peaty? Dirty. All right. It's delicious. Okay. Mine is, mine is, uh, mine's got some oak. Yeah. All right. Purple stuff. First piece of purple stuff. I already covered the fact that uh, there were no international call-ups nope. for uh, the Lou City team, which is helpful in that we don't lose any of our already thin roster. It's also a little surprising that James Sands, who just left the team, that's the second piece of purple stuff, yeah. James Sands, who's just left the team after the end of his loan, uh, did not get a call-up. I like the way he played. I did too. I, I think that there's a place for him on this team. And I was impressed with him. I won't be at all surprised if we hear that he gets re-signed, depending on what New York wants to do with him. Uh, and I also wouldn't be at all surprised if he gets signed for next year's team. Yeah. Uh, there will be MLS offers for him, and so, you know, if that's... Obviously, the money's a little better. Obviously, the exposure's a little better. But if the choice is, again, between sort of being a development player on yeah. an MLS team... Or being a starter for a coach that he knows and trusts and Coach Hack. I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back next no, year. not at all. Especially if we lose somebody from the Paolo Speedy, uh, you know, range of things. I feel like I feel like you do, if I'm him, I do like two years in USL. Yeah. And 21 years old still. Yeah, man. That's plenty of time. So 20 you get years old that mu- He's already an amazing player. Yeah. You get that much better. Yeah. And then you go to MLS. Yeah. And you just rock it. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think that he could use some time getting real minutes. Uh, but, frankly, if New York says, hey, we're ready to start giving you minutes, then go play in the MLS. Go make that money, son. Yeah. And uh, good luck to him. I hope we see him again. I just hope we don't see him across the he field was, from I, us. I liked... No, for sure. Especially in that position. He was yeah. awesome. He, I like that even when the short time that he was with us, you saw a progression in his... Um, physicality, if you like. Yeah, he got more aggressive. I agree with that. Uh, I felt like he was out of position in the straight midfield role. Yeah. I think that he's made for that destroyer-stopper position in that uh, right in front of the back line. But I think that he can grow into being a really nice Mm -hmm. possession midfielder. And uh, I would love to see him get that opportunity with us. But yeah. good luck to James Sands, regardless of uh, where Thank the future takes with you. Us, yeah. Got us some seriously nice minutes for Kyle, Paolo, and Speedy yeah. to be able to not have to play 7,000 minutes this year. Um, that was two. Uh, piece number three is, as it always is, it seems, an update on uh, Cam. Cam Lancaster up to 18 goals. He is back in the lead in the Golden Boot race. He's averaging more than a goal a game, which is absurd in terms of minutes played. And beyond that, he is within striking range yeah. of the all-time record, which is held by some... Oh, yeah, Matt Fondy. Oh, right. An, uh, another city player. city player. And here's the thing, is that when we say striking range, he's got five more 
to break to it. break it. Yeah, right. He, Twenty-two is the current record for Fondi for regular season goals in the MLS. I mean, I'm sorry, in the USL, and uh, he's got eight games. He's got to eight score games to four do it or in. five. Yeah, so doable with that. It's it's almost not even just doable. It's almost like expected. Well, let me just say this: you you have a little bit less frame of reference for this than I do. His current goal scoring form is, I won't say unsustainable, but it's exceptionally rarely sustainable. Okay. In the history of soccer, there are not a lot of players who average a goal in ninety a goal per ninety minutes, let alone a goal per eighty two minutes, which yeah. is what he's doing right now. He is scoring a lot, even by great striker standards. Yeah. So while yeah, we can say he basically scores a goal every game, and he kinda does. Expecting that from him is tough. Fair, especially fair. now that he's going to be sharing more minutes with a healthy Luke. Yeah. Especially now that uh, Ilya has played as well as he had this year. Yeah. I think you're going to have to stretch some of his minutes out. Uh, I expect him to get two or three more for sure this year over mm-hmm. that period of time, just because he's been in such great form. Yeah. But asking four or five is a lot to ask. Maybe he gets a hat trick in one of these games, and that puts him really within range. Uh, my guess is he finishes somewhere in the 2021 range. Okay. But, you know, the way he's scoring, I won't be at all shocked if he ends up with, you know, 27 and just crushes the record. Yeah. So, is what it is. Awesome. Keep going, Cam. And like I say, I think that he would have to break the record and said he would have to finish strong for him to not just get the golden boot, but also to be the player of the year. Yeah. It's tough to get both. But from where we're at. It is. So... Go on, Cam. Keep scoring. Make me sound stupid for questioning your pace, not your speed. Your the pace of your scoring. What if, what if, unbeknownst to us, Cam is like an avid listener. That would be of strange. Our podcast. That'd be strange. And he's gonna listen to this one, and he's gonna he's gonna be like, Evan, that guy doesn't know anything. I'm gonna go out in there and score. Of a, I'm gonna go put up a. Yeah. I'm gonna go put up a six pack against uh, Cincy this week. Yeah. And then he goes for six against Just Cincy. Humiliates him. As we win nine to one. That'd, that'd be so amazing. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I would be really drunk at the end of that. There would be so oh much purple God. stuff. After the fifth goal, I think the amount of purple stuff would just be... Whew. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's our purple stuff. That's all I really... Oh, I got one other little tidbit. Okay. Three o'clock on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's when the kickoff festivities are really getting going. That's when the Black Sheep are uh, gonna. They're hosting their Sausage Fest uh, uh, tailgate party in honor of Cincinnati's German heritage. And so the uh, the Sausage Fest will kick off at 3 p.m. Uh, in the usual spots around uh, Slugger Field. Get out there early this week. You'll want to feel this environment. The Cincinnati fans will get there at a reasonable hour. They'll all bus in and ride in, and there'll be a lot of them. And I don't expect any violence or any hatred or any, you know, incivility. But there will be friendly, uh, heavy banter. Yeah. And uh, that it's fun. Like, if you're not going to have fun with this, this rivalry, you're not going to have fun with rivalries. Would you say that this was the biggest... The most dramatic, if not the biggest, rivalry in USL currently. Currently, it's not close. Currently, it's not close. Really? Yeah. 
I think that it's the the sheer dislike between the two fan bases and the two teams, mm-hmm. the nastiness that there's been on the field. A guy got bit in the face. I mean, a guy got stepped on. There have been blowouts. There have been yeah. tight losses. There have been tournament exits. There's been there's so much proximity. There's the arguments about you know on field versus off field importance. Is it better to win games or is it better to be you know a more stable and forward thinking franchise? Mm-hmm. What matters to you as a sports fan? Mm-hmm. It's a great damn rivalry mm-hmm. because nobody's wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm definitely not wrong to think that winning, <laughs> that winning championships is better than uh, getting a hollow promotion, if you want to call it that, to MLS. <laughs> but nobody's wrong, because if I were living in Cincinnati and had been a fan of this team, and I, I'm not going to lie to you, if you know this had happened six years ago, and I'd still lived there when soccer came to town, I almost certainly would have been a fan of that team. Yeah. And I would have hated myself for that. Yeah. No, uh, but you know, no, I would have felt the same way though that we're moving to MLS and you're not, and that's better. Yeah. I enjoy you know beating up on inferior competition. We're going up here to play the good, the big guys. I get all of it, and nobody's mm-hmm. wrong because I'd rather win championships. Yeah. But by the same token. If this team doesn't see itself trying, if Lou City doesn't see itself trying to make it up to the MLS, or at least to have USL be comparable, yeah, then by the end of all this, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what competition is about. Yeah. It's about we're better than you, and here's why. And yeah. both sides have compelling arguments in this. Yeah, but right now we got the title, and they don't. Yeah, and right now we've got the head to head, and they don't. And so there's some bragging rights, but they are clearly the number one team in the standings this year. They are almost certainly going to be the number one team going into the playoffs. They'll mm-hmm. have home field advantage, and here is where we transition into banter fully. Okay. I cannot wait for an USL Eastern Conference Championship matchup between these two teams. I can't guarantee it's going to happen. First off, Cincinnati doesn't win playoff games. Right. Not just FC Cincinnati. The city of Cincinnati doesn't win no. playoff games. No. It's not one of the things they do. Uh, I believe it has not happened in this century Jeez. for a Cincinnati team to win a playoff game. Ugh. So, you know, there's that. But they're really good this year. They'll be playing the eight seed, who will probably be one of the really bad teams. Mm-hmm. But there are teams like New York and Tampa that can score and that can threaten them. Yeah. And so they may not want to see one of those guys in the first round. Right. And suddenly you see a first round exit. That could happen. But realistically, we'll probably be the one in the two seed. Yeah. And so we'll probably be favored to play each other in the mm-hmm. USL Eastern Conference Championship. Right. I would freaking love that. That would be the best possible way to send them off to MLS. It would be to beat them this weekend and then beat them again in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Yeah. Knock them out of their final amazing. championship run. That would be like the, yeah, you're going MLS, that's great. But just just to be clear, we are better than you. <laughs> would you like to check our receipt? Because we own you. Right. Especially because at that point we would have beaten them in Nippert again. Yeah. We have a better record in Nippert Stadium than they do. Not just against us. Our winning percentage <laughs> in Nippert is better than theirs. And so, there would be... I would love for that to be the way this ends. Yeah. And also... Take a step back from fanaticism for a second. Okay. I'll say this. If we were to play in that game, it would be an unbelievable environment. 
Yeah. Like, you're talking about 30,000 people. 27,000 of them are going to be mm-hmm. Cincinnati fans who hate us, don't want us there, don't want to see us there, want to shout us out, want nothing more than to prove how much they deserve all of this and we deserve nothing. It would be an unbelievable environment. Mm-hmm. And if they did beat us in that game, their celebration would be unbelievable. They'd be so excited about it. They'd be so proud. They'd be completely obnoxious. Oh, but, yeah. But we're going to be completely obnoxious if we win. So, you know, that's part of it. You sign up for that. Yeah. When you become a fanatic of a team and not just a supporter, then uh, you sign up for the fact that when you win, you get to be obnoxious. And when you lose, you got to live with it. Yeah. That would be the ultimate USL game. It would make the actual USL Cup championship game anticlimactic for either team. Right. Regardless of who they were playing. Yeah. I hope that that happens. Regardless of what happens this week, Mm -hmm. I hope we get that. Because it's spectacle, which is what I love in sports. Yeah. It would be a spectacle. And, oh my God, if we could send them out on a five-game losing streak to us. That would be amazing. There's nothing that I would enjoy more than that. Because I got some friends in Cincinnati who are big FCC fans. And, uh, oh my gosh, they would, they would never invite me back. Like I would just, they'd be like, Hey, listen, you know, you know, that river stay on the South side. And I would be fine with that. You could send them a purple Christmas card every year. Yeah. And when they open it, it's this gold glitter. Gold glitter that when it falls says suck it. (laughs) But, uh, no, I'm, I'm so excited about this game. I hope that, uh, the Louisville crowd, the Louisville University of Louisville football game, doesn't uh, doesn't draw too many of our fans away. I I expect it will draw a lot. Honestly, though, yeah, I kind of don't think it will take as much from us. Well, the the and I'm, I'm saying that as a Cards fan. Yeah, I am graduated from U of L. I'm absolutely a Cards fan. This is this is a more important game. Yeah, in my in oh, my yeah. opinion, big picture for the city of Louisville. Yeah. I think this is a more important game. Core supporters, core supporters aren't going to the U of L game. I don't care no. if you're a graduate, if you are a, uh, I don't care if you are, you know, a booster. I don't care if you've got, you know, family friends who love U of L football. If tailgating is your life, I don't care. Core supporters aren't going to the football game. No. What I'm worried though is that the casual, and I'm not calling them casuals. Like I, that's sort of a pejorative term. In soccer fanhood is to call somebody a casual. Right. Uh, but the uh, the average Louisville so- uh, sports fan who might be drawn in by a game against USL biggest rivalry and, hey, there's going to be a big crowd and it's a big game, it's one versus two, just your random dude who's maybe been to one city game before. Right, he's going to go to... He's still going to go and tailgate at a non-conference game that UofL should win by 30. I'm sorry. Yeah. It makes me know, yeah. But uh, the weather is looking not perfect. It's not looking bad. It's looking like pop-up showers. You know, that that is what it is. It's rain. And Scouse's house, which is sold out, by the way, Scouse's house has a cover. Like, if you're yeah. getting rained on, you just take two steps backwards and you're fine. Although we didn't do that. No. Well, I, I got I to, gotta, if I don't stay in my spot, you know, the team will lose. I don't mind some. I don't mind some rain. No. 
Um, everybody, whatever your... Uh, I'm sweet, but I'm not that sweet. Right. <laughs> whatever your superstition is, make sure you follow through this week. If you wear a shirt, mm. wear your shirt. If you would do a thing, do your thing. Speaking of superstition... Yeah. I've noticed. So, I was very... This is a personal thing. Yeah. I bought their road alternate kit. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I love the way it looks. It's awesome. I love the black and purple, yeah. Every game that I've worn it, we have either drawn or lost. Well, then that shirt's out. So. For attending games. You will see me. Yeah. <laughs> not in that kit. No. Um, Maybe you wear it to the tailgate and I then might, put on a good luck shirt for the game. Yeah, no, that's totally I reasonable. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to wear, well, I've got that sweet, that purple shirt. Yeah. With the gold on it. Yeah, with the uh, boots. Yeah. yeah. And when I wear that one, we win. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So I think I'm going to wear the kit to the tailgate and then switch to game shirt. All right. Uh, so I've been I've been mixing and matching a little bit this season. Yeah, uh, you have. I, I, I keep the... I wear the, the hoops jersey for 99% of games. I was surprised to see you in the hoodie. I wore the hoodie one game because we'd had we'd won 9 nothing in two games yeah. while I was wearing the purple hoodie for road games. Which I have discovered, the purple hoodie is now the, the road, road game special. Yeah. But I got to go back to the white and gold hoops. Yeah. We haven't, we didn't lose while I was in the go- white and gold, and so we'll go back to that. But the uh, the rest of my ensemble, uh, <laughs> my sartorial decision making. Okay. I've got to go back to basics because I've been mixing and matching shorts and jeans and shoes. Mm-hmm. Listen, I got to wear the sambas. Yeah. Gotta wear the sambas. Yeah. I gotta wear the khaki shorts. Yeah. Once we get to cold weather games, I can go back to jeans with the purple pullover over the uh, gold hoops. Yeah. But for warm weather games, I gotta go back to the khaki shorts, gotta go back to the sambas. Yeah. I'm sorry for the boat shoes. I'm sorry for the blue shorts. There were some mistakes made. They'll be corrected for this game. I'll be in the official Evan Floyd good luck Outfit. Also, no messing around with the scarf this week. No. No USL champion scarf. No 2017 season no. ticket holder scarf. It's founding member scarf or nothing. All right. Everybody feel good about that? Yeah. Everybody, whatever your good luck dance is, let's do it because this is a monster game. Get out there. Bring friends, even if they can't sit in your section. Bring them. Bring them. Tailgate the hell out of this day. And then let's get a win against the Cincinnatians, and we'll uh, we'll dance on their graves. I mean, we'll enjoy a drink afterwards. Yeah. But uh, with all that being said, I don't I don't have a good way of getting more hyped up than I, than I am now. I believe in us. I do too. I believe in us. That's it. Well, we only have one way to end a podcast, any podcast, even on a rivalry week. There's only one thing to say, and that is, Go City!